and welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 3, Episode 4 in the Book of Colossians, a letter written by Paul to the church in Colossae. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode in Chapter 1, Paul applies the work of Christ that we studied last episode to the body of believers at Colossae and describes his ministry. All right, turn to Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 21. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds because of your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completed, completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is the church. I have become its servant according to God's administration that was given to me for you to make God's message fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. All right, back to verse 21. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds because of your evil actions. So what was the condition of the Colossians and the condition of all of us prior to accepting Christ? It says here we were alienated and hostile to God because of our own evil actions. What does alienated mean in this case? Well, Richard Mellick writes that they are outside the sphere of God's blessing. All without Christ are outside this sphere of God's blessing. In this case, alienated from God. The hostility to God, or in other translations, enemies of God, describes those who do the will of God from those who are driven to do what they want. Paul Paul describes the separation and reconciliation in Romans chapter 5, looking in verse 9. Much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from wrath. For if while we were enemies, there it is, enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have now received this reconciliation through him. So once enemies, once hostile to God, reconciled to God and saved by Christ's sacrifice for all people. James tells us that friendship with the world is demonstrating hostility toward God. In James chapter 4 verse 4, adulteresses, Don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. This hostility, according to Paul, manifests in our minds, or in some translation, hearts. Ancient Hebrews considered that the source of feelings and thought was from the heart. We see in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, 
For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth, since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his internal glory or external power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became nonsense, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. The nature of God is revealed in creation. Either the biggest thing or the smallest thing, you could see God in all the created order. However, man decided that they would worship the creation rather than the creator. This darkened the mind of people and showed this hostility toward God. This led to evil behavior as to worship anything but God. That thinking places people in the place of God to justify any behavior they care to accomplish. Again, hostility toward God demonstrated by evil actions. Far removed from the promises of God, reconciliation appears to be remote at best for mankind. However, God took the initiative to change all of that. Verse 22, But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death, to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. Once they were enemies, that is no longer the case. They have been reconciled. How can that possibly happen? How can sinful humanity, enemies of God, be reconciled to him? Well, through the physical body of Jesus, the Creator, by his death. Look back at the hymn in verse 20 of this chapter. And through him to reconcile everything to himself, by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. All of it was reconciled because of Christ's sacrifice. The death of Jesus is just as important to the gospel as much as the resurrection is. Christ's sacrifice became the reconciliation for us, paying the penalty of sin, reconciling us to God, all of mankind. When Christ returns, we could stand before him holy, faultless, and blameless because of that sacrifice. It's only achievable through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Verse 23, If indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard, this gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. So what are the actions required of believers saved by this undeserved favor from God? Remain grounded. Remain steadfast in faith. It says, if indeed you remain grounded. Now the if statement does not include here an element of doubt about the outcome before God. It is Paul fully expecting the Colossians to continue in faith. Paul did teach that those who know the truth will continue in the truth. Peter O'Brien writes, If it is true that the saints will persevere to the end, it is equally true that the saints must persevere to the end. 
The continued perseverance is a reality of the commitment to Christ. This gospel message was the same being preached from city to city. Paul did not say that everyone had heard this gospel in this passage, or else why would he continue to pour out his life in the ministry as he continued to do? Christ had accomplished for all creation the salvation for mankind, and now Paul states that this gospel was why he served. The act of the gospel is done and complete, but the message of the gospel still needs to go forth. Verse 24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is the church. What does Paul say he rejoices in? Suffering. Is that something worthy of rejoicing over? Really suffering? Remember what God said to Ananias and what he had shown to Paul. Acts 9, chapter 10, verse 10 says, There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, Here I am, Lord, he said. Get up and go to the street called Straight. The Lord said to him, To the house of Judas, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there in a, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so he can regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles, kings, and the Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. From the beginning of Paul's ministry, it would involve suffering for the gospel in the church. Even at the time Paul wrote this, he was under house arrest. But Paul considered it a privilege to suffer for the Messiah. Paul planted churches in these Roman-controlled Gentile areas, and that brought condemnation from the Jews and Gentiles alike. Paul states he was suffering for the church in Colossae, even though he had never ministered there or even seen the church. The rest of this verse gives volumes of material <laughs> to uh, theologians to peruse over, but we will look at this section this way. Paul is rejoicing in suffering for the Colossians and completing in the flesh what is lacking in Christ's affliction for his body, for its body. That is some heady stuff. We know that the work of Christ was certainly not insufficient for salvation or needs any additional suffering from us to make it happen. We cannot possibly contribute to our own salvation. We cannot save ourselves or Christ would not have needed to die for us in such a banner. So Paul is rejoicing in the sufferings for the Colossians. These sufferings in Paul's body is for the sake of Christ's body, which is the church. These sufferings brought on because the world can no longer harm Christ, but they can harm his believers. Verse 25, I have become its servant according to God's administration that was given to me for you to make God's message fully known the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. So Paul, the servant of the gospel, as assigned by God, was to be an apostle for Christ. His mission to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, to make that message of the good news for Christ fully known. This message, Paul states, as a mystery 
that was hidden for ages and generations. Richard Melnick again writes, in Pauline, the, uh, in Pauline termino terminology, let me get that right, in Pauline terminology, a mystery was a truth that lay hidden in the pages of the Old Testament, and its explanation awaited another day. Paul was explaining the mystery that was revealed with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is now being revealed to the world to and through believers. Verse 27, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This mystery revealed through the sacrifice of Christ is being made known among the Gentiles as both Jew and Gentile alike must rely on Christ for salvation. The indwelling Spirit of God that comes on believers in Jew and Gentile alike is a guarantee as a deposit of the future glory. Romans chapter 8 verse 10 says, Now if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. Verse 28, We proclaim him warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. The gospel is the person and work of Jesus Christ alone. So Paul proclaims Christ warning and teaching everyone in wisdom to accept the work of Christ and grow or mature in faith so that when Christ returns, we will be mature in Christ. To be more like Christ is that maturity. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2, which we will get into next episode, says, I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Verse 29 says, I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Yes, Paul was in a struggle and was persecuted and suffered for the cause of Christ. But look at this verse. This labor and striving was not him alone, but Paul was strengthened by God and God was working powerfully in him. The Old Testament predicted a Gentile response to Yahweh, but few had any clue to how that would possibly be accomplished. God revealed to Paul and motivated him to share the gospel with everyone, especially to those or those churches for which Paul suffered personally. I hope you will gain from this new Season 3 study in the book of Colossians. Next episode, we will continue to look into Paul's ministry to the Colossians in chapter 2 the salvation of the Colossians. God bless you today, and I encourage you to spend time in God's Word. Biblical Tapestry has a Facebook and Instagram location, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you've gained from this study in any way. God bless you, and I pray that you are well.